All right, boys. Welcome back to another episode of End to End. Me and Joe are here with you. Last episode was a month ago, as we predicted at the end of the episode. I think we said, like, I don't know when we're, we're going to record. I don't know when we're going to do our next episode. And it was a month later. So it's a bit of a theme on this podcast that we kind of delay things here. But we missed a lot of news. We're not going to go over everything. We're going to go over smaller news that happened recently uh, in the NHL. And at the tail end of the episode, we're going to be doing our own all-star teams from what the NHL picks. So it seems to me that the NHL doesn't know what they're doing when it comes to picking NHL all-stars because they cater to smaller markets that have players that we that they horribly need to go for some reason to represent each team in the National Hockey League, which me and Joe do not agree with and many other people don't either. But I think we're going to do a redraft of what we think our all-star teams would be for each division. So that will be uh, coming in the later end of the episode. But Joe, we've been off for a month, man. We're glad to get back right in the swing of things. Hopefully we can do this next week or two weeks, but I can't make any promises. Yeah, like I, I love doing it. And it was like the, mo- the main reason why we can record the last couple of weeks because your laptop had to get fixed and now it's brand new. So now uh, we're going to look forward to your new laptop <laughs> and <laughs> – Hopefully there's no crashing and they could actually see you on Zoom now. Like, I don't have to look at your chest. Yeah. All good things. So, yeah, like you said, we missed a lot of big news last month. So, I'll, like, I'll just quickly recap yeah. what we missed. So, we recorded December 20th. So, this was right before World Juniors started. So, as everyone knows, it's already happened. The World Juniors were canceled a couple of games, into, like, not even a week into it, into the tournament. That was canceled. And then simultaneously, as that was all happening and getting canceled, the NHL basically pulled out of the Olympics, which was predictable because over the Christmas break and just before Christmas, there was a ton and ton of COVID cases for players around the league. So obviously that that was basically their NHL shoot to kind of get out of the Olympics. So obviously they're out. All the games have, I think, been rescheduled during that break that they were supposed to have. uh, that was basically it. Like so those were all two major things at the end of December, and then our first piece of news that kind of happened in the last week is that with now with the All Star break, once they announced they just announced the players, they just announced the last men in uh, mm-hmm. for each division. But along with this, the All Star announcements, they also announced that the, there's new COVID restrictions yes. being put in place, and by that it has to do with the testing. So apparently now if you test positive before the break, so like when all those guys, when everyone was basically positive, like Montreal had like their Laval rocket yeah. <laughs> up there for like a week because <laughs> of all the cases they had. So now apparently you don't have to test for 90 days. So three months, you don't have to even test. And then as soon as the all-star break finishes, so like within in the next two weeks or so, uh, all testing of asymptomatic players will be no more which I think, I think we could all agree, or most of us could agree there's a good thing, not just for, you know, selfishly for like seeing the best players be on the ice and not missing games and, and postponements, but like more so like the NHL had to be like the other leagues where they haven't stopped really. They've only had to postpone if like a lot of players had it, like in the NBA, like the NBA is obviously a smaller roster. Mm-hmm. So they, if they had to postpone games, it'd be like seven players were positive. Yeah. So, and that has rarely happened recently. Now they've kind of moved past that, that positive period in December. So I think we could all say that this is a more of a positive thing that the NHL 
NHL has kind of changed. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. Whether you look your look on COVID or is different, but like I think it's moving forward, it's a better, steadier thing for the league. Less, like you said, Joe, selfishly, you want to see the star players play. There's no question about it, and that's for me too. Like I don't want to see – I don't know, who was it? Like who was in and out? Like the Ottawa Senators were in and out. Your team, Montreal, was in and out. The Leafs had it for a while. Calgary started this Islanders. whole thing. Yeah, it's, it was a mess. And, yeah. you know, you hate the random notification, this guy's in COVID. Well, he's out for a week. I can't use him on a fantasy team. I might lose the week just because of that. Now, going forward, I don't think we're going to be seeing that as much. Hopefully not, even though Mark Stone, my player, just went into COVID protocol today. Uh, <laughs> not a good thing for my team, but he's had a, a rough year. I don't know. How like I I all due to respect and we're gonna do this late in the episode the All Star thing all due to respect Mark Stone but how the hell did this guy make the All Star team like he is having one of the like challenging years injured to start three games in got COVID got COVID again now just now and is in protocol for the next week so and he has to go to the All Star game next week so I don't know how he's gonna do that but uh, I don't know either yeah so that is a good change for the NHL like you mentioned the Olympics they're not going. That te- I don't know when Canada's going to name their team. They're cutting it really, really, real close. Like, I don't know when they're going to name it officially, but I would think I saw Mason McTavish is going to be on it. Owen Powers is going to be on it. I don't know who other younger youngsters are going to be on it. Vertanen or Leipzig or something like that. Oh, it's so bad. Like, I'm kind of happy they've, they've gone the route of they're going to pick, like, probably the top players that were supposed to be on the World Junior Team or that Good. were on the World Junior Team, like Owen Power. I think McTavish is going to be there. Like, some of those guys will be there. And then they, they'll have a few veterans, like Eric Stahl is right now on a PTO to kind of get himself back into shape because he wants to make the team. I think they'll still pick him just for the leadership and there's, like, no one else. Um, but, yeah, it's it's not – it's going to be, like, 2018 where they had to send a ragtag group of, of random players and it's not going to be fun to watch. And Russia is probably going to win it again because mm-hmm. – they have all those guys in the KHL who are, who are good. So, I mean, it sucks for everyone for the Olympics. Like the NHL, they had this in place when they negotiated the deal originally. Like if, if there was too many cases, they would pull it immediately. And that's what happened. And then obviously there's guys like, like Martian and Stamkos, like kind of like the guys in their thirties who, who probably thought this was their last chance of either making it or just being on the Olympic team. They were pissed off like Crosby too, even they were like yeah like it sucks like probably their last chance like for example Stamkos never was on it he broke <laughs> his leg he was on the world cup of hockey team but it's not the same um so because he broke his leg in 2014 and like he was having a great year obviously made the all-star team um and he was gonna make it this year and he's gonna be 32 so who knows if he'll make it again so like someone like him like you feel bad for he's like He's a future Hall of Famer who wouldn't even have a chance to be on the team. So it just sucks. Yeah, no, overall, generally it sucks. And I'm going to go over to the, I think it was Spicy Meatball or, yeah, it was Spicy Meatball of this year. Uh, NHL will not go to the Olympics. I said no, Um, but I wanted them to go as everyone else would want them to go. But that obviously didn't happen. And we foresaw that very, very well. Uh, another piece of news, your new GM in town, Kent Hughes. That's the name of the new GM in town for the Montreal Canadiens. Jeff Gordon obviously hired this man. He is a former agent of many NHL players, many French Canadian NHL players. 
Um, I don't know anything about Ken Hughes. I don't know if you've read about him in the in the news or the articles that have been posted recently about him, but your thoughts on the move from uh, Jim Gordon. So I want, like, I know, I knew that he was going to be part of the hiring process and he was, and I saw like Matthew Darsh was there, who was the one I really wanted because he's the assistant GM in Tampa and they're the best franchise in the league for the last couple of years now. So obviously I wanted someone from that front office to be leading Montreal, but apparently like Gordon's been trying to get Hughes like all this time when he was apparently in Boston when they signed Patrice Bergeron, that's when Gordon kind of started in New York. He wanted him in New York. But since Hughes was an agent, had his own firm, he never really wanted to leave the firm. So when they had the interviews for Montreal, obviously he's bilingual. We have to be, unfortunately, for the stupid media there. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, he kind of, like, apparently the reason why it came as a surprise was because he had to really consider leaving his agency, even, like, when they had the interview with him now. So that's why when they announced it, I was a bit surprised because like his name was kind of died down the last couple of weeks from like all the news that was coming out of the interview process and all that. But like what he said at his press conference yesterday, I watched a bit of it. They want to build a team on speed and offense, which is something I haven't heard at all in the Bergevin era. He wanted to build it from the net out and go with defense first. Mm-hmm. And he always loved like big bruising defensemen. Obviously they went to the cup final six months ago feels like an eternity ago <laughs> but all the defensemen were big tough guys and that's how they got to the finals so it worked uh, for a, a time but they were always offensively challenged when Bergman was there like 90 percent of his tenure so and then the thing about Hughes as well is that he wants to focus on analytics and player development Player development has been something that they've been horrible at forever. Like, they've never developed a star player outside of Price. Like, I'm talking, like, star. They developed some decent players, second liners, for the most part, like Gallagher, Patrick, you could say, but that was a long time ago. Yeah. Like, even Gallagher's before Bergevin drafted him. So, like, since Bergevin drafted, been ahead of the draft, like, rarely any of his first rounders have panned out. The only one you could maybe say is Suzuki, but he wasn't his original pick. And Vegas developed him for a, for like a year and a half, two years. So I don't know. Like that, That's what kind of excites me. Um, a lot of the things, like the question here in the docs, what's his first move? So like what I think is going to happen is he's going to obviously shop around guys like Ben Sherrod and, and Kulak, whoever's a UFA, get rid of them and get assets. And then probably goal guys, because they have a lot of guys with term on the team, like Petrie, Gallagher, Toffoli, Anderson, like guys with term left, Price, obviously, and say, like, do you want to be part of a rebuild or retool, refresh, whatever he's going to call it? Because I don't know if they're going to do a complete teardown because they have guys with term and they have the last couple of drafts, they've had some pretty good prospects. So I don't know if he wants to completely tear everything and like all that's left is like Suzuki and like Caulfield build around or whatever. But I think he's going to do like a complete refresh, kind of like what the Rangers did, but the Rangers got a lot of draft luck. So that's what Montreal is going to need this upcoming year and probably next year as well um, to kind of accelerate that, that rebuild or retool or whatever they're going to call it. And then we'll see what happens from there. Yeah, and then we can go to the next piece of news, which is 
I don't know how long this has been talked about, but Evander Kane's always been in the news since the season started. And he's been one of the most, I don't even know what word you want to describe him as. Maybe stupid is the right one, but he's been in the news recently about signing a contract with the team uh, for the rest of the season. I don't know when the, when that would kick in, but it was supposed to be last week with the Edmonton Oilers. Now that, now that things have changed with the news that came out, has he traveled to, I believe it was Vancouver with a positive test, which is very mind boggling. Um, so you'll probably be suspended by the team that he goes to if he is even signed. Do you think he's even signed? I don't think he's signed. Like I, they probably like the NHL got involved and they're like, okay, we're going to hold off. Cause like if this, if this guy gets suspended another 20 games, like what, what, what's the point of signing him? Yeah. Uh, so, like, Vander Kane really, really, really shot himself in the foot. And I think the most disappointing thing is, I think you agree with that. I think you would agree with this, but it sucks because Evander Kane's actually good. Like, he's actually really good. He's a good player. He's a good NHL player. He's a power forward. He's your perfect power forward. It's just the off-ice stuff has always screwed him in the past, even with Winnipeg, Atlanta, and then Buffalo. Gets traded to San Jose. Thought things were going to be brighter. And obviously, his contract was terminated. And now he's out there in no man's land. And even more stuff are coming about, uh, about this guy. So it's a real issue for the league here. I don't think... I think the, the right thing is to get involved and see if actually what is going on with this guy. And obviously a team trying to pursue him, uh, you're going to have to hold out till next year, unless you're going to make a f- surprising signing right as the deadline hits. Uh, Cause I think that would be the last time he would be able to sign a contract, the trade deadline. So I don't know, but if you saw him on a team, like what would the best fit be for him? And what do you, what do you think he would sign? Like how much money, how many years are we talking? It's probably one. Yeah, so like I think the Oilers is a good fit because they are being they're horrible <laughs> right now, and they'll be mentioned later and a little bit later when we do the award segment. But I think he would be good there because he could still he could skate. He's not like a like a casting when they're like, oh, he's a power forward. He gets skate and like maroon and all these guys that they had like to McDavid's wing or Drysaddle's wing and whatever it is. He could skate. He could do his own and he could score. Like he could score. He had a great year last year. That's why, like you just said, it's so, like, bizarre, like, all this off-ice stuff. He's little, he's like the Antonio Brown of the NHL, where he's such a good player, but all these off-ice issues are just, like, getting you, like, kicked from the league borderline. Like, yeah. it's not even, like, team issues. It's, like, legal issues that this guy <laughs> is getting involved with. Same, same with Antonio Brown. It's all, like, these legal issues that – is or like messing them up so like Edmonton is a good fit it's probably going to be like you said like one year probably maybe it's like huge bonus incentive so like 750k and it's like a million if you score like five goals because like he's barely going to be there for example or it's like I don't know like a million if you score like 10 goals in like 20 games or something like that so I don't know how it works like that but I think you do like if he doesn't get suspended all that one year and then say they go on, say Edmonton goes, makes the playoffs, goes on a run. He does well, builds up his stock. Then he'll get another contract. That's like maybe two, three, four years because he's mm-hmm. already 30 now, I think. So he's not going to get like a seven year deal. I don't no, know. People are not. So he just got bought out of. They exactly. Terminated it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And I don't so. think teams would commit long-term to this player. Obviously the offside stuff comes with him, and that's unfortunate because he's a good player. 
But yeah, Evander Kane, I think Edmonton's a really good fit. I also think another dark horse team I could sign of the Minnesota Wild would be a good fit for Evander Kane. They have a yeah. gritty yeah. style to their game, and if they can put Evander Kane in their lineup, they'd be a solid. I I, I don't know. I don't know if I would use the word contender yet because they have a bunch of injuries and it's been consistently going on for a couple of years now. So I don't know, maybe you want to put that word in there when he goes, but we'll see what happens with Vander Kane. That's not for sure yet. Quick news. Willie O'Ree finally gets his number 22 retired by the Bruins. Long time coming, Joe. Very long time coming. So when did they start honoring him? Like what? Four years ago, maybe? Yeah, something like that. Way too like late. Way to be overdue. Yeah. Yeah. It was like 50 years, like too late. And they started doing it. Like, thank God, like the guy's still like alive and like in the community. So you could actually, like, you know, take the moment in where it's not like, for example, like, say if he like passed away or something like years ago and then now they acknowledge it, like that would have been a lot worse. So they finally retired his number. I think it was what, yesterday or Tuesday? I think it was Tuesday. So that was a long time coming, number 22 up to the Raptors. Another uh, jersey retirement we have here in quick news is Chris Pronker, who actually won the Hart Trophy with the St. Louis Blues <laughs> as a defenseman. I think he's one of the only people to ever do that. His number 44 was retired. He played for a lot of different teams, but his, a lot of people remember him mostly with, I would say, St. Louis as like his prime, I would say. So he got his number retired. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, definitely deserved. Um, what a defenseman. Like, People overlook defensemen that are hard-nosed, like you said, like at the beginning with the Montreal Canadiens, hard-nosed. But ultimately, when you have hard-nosed defensemen, they ultimately get you to the place you want to go. You saw that with the Habs last year. They had hard-nosed defensemen. They got to the finals. You saw that with Chris Bronger. Like, he's been to finals. He's a hard-nosed guy. Maybe he doesn't win them. Maybe he doesn't. But he gets you there, and he's a great part of a team that needs, like, a gritty just asshole on the ice. And that's what he was, ultimately. Like, Every time I watch Chris Pronger, when ultimately he was playing and, you know, I saw the game where Mikhail Garofsky high-sticked him as NHL career was over, he was such a pain in the ass to play against. Like, just watching. Like, imagine playing against him. Can't imagine the he was players. Like a, he was like a meaner Chara. Yeah. Aggressive. Like Chara, yeah. Like, aggressive, but, like, like gets under your skin. Like, Chara <laughs> just kind of, like, does, like, the cross-check, the slashes, but he doesn't get under your skin. Like, he's like a a more asshole type Chara, like if I were to say it. Yeah, no. Terrible. I'd agree. And he's a big boy and definitely deserved uh, for Chris Pronger there. Lots of history was made in the last couple of days. Uh, Timo Meyer scored five goals on Monday in a matinee game versus the Kings. Fifth player in the last 25 years to do so. I don't remember the other players to uh, get the five goals, but like, I don't know about you, but I think I, I, think I know because you were t- texting the group chat. I was just looking at the score. I was like, San Jose sure school. I'm like, okay, let's let's see who it is. It's Timo Meyer again. Let's see who number it is. Timo Meyer. Timo Meyer. Like he didn't stop scoring. I believe he has 24 goals now, or 20 goals, something like that. I think he had 20. He was like before the five goal outburst. He was at like 12, 13. Then he hit, or he's at obviously he's at 15. But even before that, he scored like one or two goals, like the game before that, or something. Yeah. So we went from like I remember like in fantasy I was looking because I was maybe trying to trade for him. I'm like oh he's got 12 goals with a lot of assists. Now he's at 20 goals after like three <laughs> games. So that that was nuts. Like I just kept refreshing another goal, another goal, another goal, five yeah. goals. He had a hat trick in the first period. 
Yeah, and like before this game, he is having a great year. Like if you want a San Jose Sharks player to do good, that's the guy. And he's having a great bounce back year from what happened last year with the Sharks and all that. And they're having a good season, to be honest, too, with the Sharks, like underratedly. But yeah, they have a lot of guys bouncing back, especially Carlson Burns on yeah. defense. Like they're like Carlson, the points like are not off the page. But if you look at like his points and games played, he's missed some time with, I think, COVID. Yeah, he's, he has like 26 or 27 points in like 33 games. Like that's like good. <laughs> yeah, very good. So, very good for Carlson. Nice bounce back yeah. there. Uh, speaking of a Swedish defenseman like Eric Carlson is his Sweden teammate, Victor Hedman made, I don't know. It wasn't even NHL history. It's just crazy. Like that at this point we're doing this. Um, Tampa dressed four D men on Tuesday night. Also versus the Kings uh, who played in a back to back there. Yeah. And Victor Hedman ultimately played 32 minutes, 37 seconds, scored two goals and an apple along with that. Like I, I remember on the burning leaf podcast, I'm a big Victor Hedman guy. You're a big Victor Hedman guy. When we were doing our rankings for top 10 defensemen and Norris Trophy winners, whatever you want to call it, predictions, the other two co-hosts that I have is like, this is Hedman's last year. It's not Hedman's last year. He has over a point per game this year. Like, I'm pretty sure he has like 42 points in 40 games. Yeah, he's over a point a game. Uh, I think he has like the same number of points as last year and like 15 <laughs> less games. That's crazy. And like man. last year, everyone's like, oh, he's so bad. He's so bad. Yeah. Like, the guy was playing on like one leg the whole year, played the whole playoffs, no problem. <laughs> um, still produced points. Like last year, fine. He took a step back because like if you look at his analytics, fine. This year, he's right back to being top three in the league. And just like every year, it's like the same thing. Like he's just so phenomenal every year. And like, Obviously, he's still in his prime. He's like 30 or 31 now, I think. He's got some years left. He's still got years on his great contract that he signed a yeah. while back. Um, we, like you said, we both love Hedman. He's probably my favorite D in the – he's my favorite D in the league overall, I would say, just based on, like, playoff performances. And yeah. obviously, won the Conn Smythe, <laughs> uh, their first cup. So, like, he's, he's amazing. Yes, and then the last piece of quick news we have here is Austin Matthews ended his 10-game road goal streak versus the New York Rangers last night in an abysmal game I watched. Um, he would have been the third ever to do so in NHL history, tying Burray and I believe Stevie Y was the other player mm-hmm. to do this. Yeah. Um, crazy to think that someone could score 10 goals, but crazier to think someone could score 10 goals straight in games on the road. Like... You don't like you don't really like appreciate until you actually like think about it and hear it. Like that's actually like crazy for someone to do. And he didn't hit the record, but he was very close. He was close because didn't he have a goal waved off yesterday? Because yeah. he kicked yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> he was close. So yeah, like another absolutely amazing player. Like this guy just does not stop scoring. I've never seen a center score like him before. Like, obviously, you see Ovi on the wing. Like, maybe you could say Dreisaitl, but, like, he's borderline on the wing, too. But, like, a center, like, how consistent and how hot he gets, like, no one in the league can really do. And, like, he's, like, he's, like, the to me, he's, like, already the best Leaf of all time, just talent-wise. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't – like, obviously, playoff success – 
and has not been there, but talent wise, like he's the best player to put on that sweater. Like I don't care what anyone says. Like no one could score as at a clip that he scores at other than Ovi, like in history, in the, in the modern era. Like no one could do what he does other than Ovi. But mm-hmm. it's it's fun to watch. Yeah, hopefully he scores more goals. You know, gets more points. Gets in that Rocker Richard conversation because. Our boy Ovi, man, our friend of the show, Ovi, this guy is not slowing down. Like, he's leading the league in points, not goals, points. And goals, too. Not even just, like, oh, my God. Like, I don't know. How, even though he's played a few more games in dry side on McDavid. Doesn't like matter. The guy's 36. Yeah, like, crazy. Like, I don't know how he's – like, actually, we all know how he's doing it. He's just got that, that drive and that scoring touch and – leading the league in points with guys that are 10 years younger than him. Like, yeah. How is he still doing this? He's 12 years older than like McDavid (laughs) Matthews. 12. (laughs) Like he was already leading the league in points and goals when these guys were watching him and now he's doing it while they're playing against him. Like, just think about that. Yeah. Crazy. I don't know what happened. Like, how is he doing this? Like they, like I think Oshu was on spitting chicklets like a few, like last week or two weeks ago, and he's like, like he Ovi was in better shape, like working out wise than he is now because he obviously got older. But like he does like his own routine where he keeps himself in shape where he's not like in the gym all the time because he mm-hmm. needs to conserve his energy, right? Because the guy still plays like twenty one minutes a game as a as a forward. Yeah. Like, it's impressive. And he's still scoring all these goals. He's going to hit 30 goals before the end of the month. So it's just, just nuts. Yeah, like you mentioned, before the end of the month. And at the end of the month is the NHL All-Star Game, which is our main segment today. Uh, at the top of the episode, I said we're going to redraft some of the players we thought shouldn't go and should go. So we'll start with the Metropolitan Division. Uh, this is just the first one off our list. There's no particular reason, but... The actual list for the Metropolitan Division going to the NHL All-Star Game this year is Sebastian Ajo, Claude Giroux, Jake Gensel, Jack Hughes, Chris Kreider, Alex Ovechkin, and then on D, Adam Fox, Adam Pellick, Zach Rowenski, Frederick Anderson, yeah. Tristan Yari, Jari, whatever you want to say. So I don't know about you, a few guys in there for me don't deserve to be in there. They're just picked because... Like I said, they have to be represented. Uh, A team has to be represented from every organization throughout the league. But uh, do you want to go with your team first? Because we have some guys that obviously were there and deserve to go. Yeah, so, like, I would say, like, most of the forwards the NHL got right Mm -hmm. for most of it. (laughs) So, like, I have Aho, I have Gensel, Ovi, Kreider there. So that's all from the NHL. Jack Hughes, I also have. The reason I put him there is because he has shut me up this year. And he is a really good player. As you and Russo have that bet uh, for points per game. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, uh, Jack Hughes jersey. So he's shut both of us up. Well, not really you, me mostly. Because I, I did not see star potential the first two years in the league. So I'll put him in there. And then I also have Kuznetsov in as well because he's had a, a great bounce back year. Yes. Uh, obviously, really helping with Ovechkin being leading the league in scoring because Backstrom's been out like 95% of the year. Mm-hmm. So it's been like Kuznetsov, Ovechkin, and that top line with, you know, Wilson. So I have Kuznetsov there. 
Then on defense, I have Adam Fox, like the NHL has. I also have Chris Letang and John Carlson, also of Washington. Carlson never gets really the recognition he deserves offensively because, like, like he never he's never going to win a Norris, obviously. But he's always up there in points all the time. And, mm-hmm. like, he's not always at the All-Star game. Some, some years he was. But this year, again, like, he's just under, I think, a point of game defenseman. So I'm going to put him in there. And then for goalies, I have Frederick Anderson, like the NHL does. And somehow Shosturkin is not there from the NHL because they already have two Rangers players that they selected. Uh, he's he's a, probably my front runner for the Vesna right now. Um, and I got to put him in the All-Star game. Yeah, no, you're definitely right. Um, so I didn't realize this, but we have the exact same forwards. Uh, Sebastian Ajo, Jake Gensel, Ovi, Kreider, Guznetsov, Hughes, same reasons, Kuznetsov, uh, like what a bounce back year this guy's having and what a bounce back year he needs to have for his career. Because remember, we were talking about this guy being selected to Seattle, like the Washington Capitals trading him, and now he's one of their best players this year. Obviously, Ovi is the best, but Kuznetsov is helping that team a lot this year, and I think he deserves the recognition for the All-Star game, but he didn't get by the NHL. By, by us, he did. Uh, on D, I have Adam Fox, Crystal Tang, as you do. But then I have another guy. I have Tony D'Angelo. Um, he is a point per game this year for the Carolina Hurricanes. I know the off-ice stuff, like Evander Kane, is all out there. Anti-vax, Trump, hates the Rangers players, punched out, I think it was Shesterkin, on like yeah. a Buffalo <laughs> game or something. But what this guy did this year, he signed a one-year deal. I don't know how much money. doesn't matter. He's over-exempted that contract by a mile. Uh, he's a point per game this year, like I said, running that top unit, running the top unit on the power play as well. It's just he's doing really well this year. I think he really deserves credit uh, from where he was like a year ago to this year. Um, and then the goalies, Freddie Anderson and Igor Sturkin for me. Yari, okay, there's no denying, but Yari deserves it. But Igor Sturkin deserves it more. Like, that. that's just the thing. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, without him, like, the Rangers would not even be close to where they are, like, I think, like, before yesterday, he had, like, a, basically a two goals against Shesterkin. And he's played, like, almost every game, kind of like like another goalie that we'll talk about or a couple goalies. But, like, he's been, like, really good. He's their MVP so far this year because, like, obviously Panarin's been a jad, been good. Kreider's really come out of nowhere with these goals. That's why he's going. But he's been, like, the backbone of that team this year. Yep, totally agree. So those are our teams. We'll just run through it quickly. Aho, Gensel, Ovi, Kreider, because that's off Hughes, Adam Fox, Crystal Tang, Tony D'Angelo, you have Carlson, and then our goalies are the same with Freddie Anderson and Igor Shosturkin. So that is the Metropolitan Division. There were some other guys I missed out that deserved to go as well, but we won't actually talk about them. We'll go to the Atlantic Division, and I'll go first with my forward. Uh, we'll name the team first that they brought. Drake Batherson. Patrice Bergeron, Jonathan Huberto, Larkin, Matthews, Stamkos, Nick Suzuki, Rasmus Dahlin, Victor Hedman, Jack Campbell, and Andre Vasilevsky. Now, this might have been the worst division picking from just looking at some of the names here. Probably. um, I'll go with my list. Austin Matthews got voted as captain. I didn't mention that about Ovi, but he did as well. Uh, Matthews, Huberto, Stamkos, Marchand. Drake Batherson, William Nylander, and Alexander Barkov are my forwards. Then on defensemen, a crime of a, a sin that Aaron Ekblad is not on this team. I chose him. 
Victor Hedman as well deserves it. He's already on the team, though. Jack Campbell and Andre Vashlevsky still stay the goalies. The reasoning for Drake Batherson is on such a bad team, he's shining like a star. Like, I'm not saying he is a star, but he's shining like one. He has over a point per game on a bad Ottawa team, and he seems to be the only, like, point-scoring, goal-scoring guy on their team right now. I know, I know Josh Norris is there, but this guy has over a point per game. Then with Willian Nylander, this has got to be one of the best seasons he's having in his NHL career, and he's not even getting a nod for the All-Star game. I know there's too many guys to go around, but he's having an excellent year. And then the captain for the Florida Panthers is not going to the All-Star game, even though his, whatever you want to call it, line mate, teammate, Jonathan Huberdeau is. He deserves to go, don't get me wrong. Alexander Barkov just deserves as much to go. And then they did a thing. Don't know why they did this thing. Brad Marchand is not going to the NHL All-Star game this year. He can market that very well, and he's also doing better than the teammate they actually brought in, Patrice Bergeron. Don't know if you agree, but go with your list. Oh, I definitely agree with your last point. Marchand should have been in there over Bergeron. The guy, like, I'm pretty sure they announced the roster and then Marchand scored, like, a hat-trick that night or yep. something. Yep, he did. So, I mean, that was just embarrassing on the league. So, I have, like, I would say this is – the pretty different than yours so the reason why it's going to be different from now on is because i i just personally did the stipulation of having three defensemen from each division even though it was harder to pick especially with the next two that we're gonna do um i just wanted to make that even so it's like six forwards three d so it's like two forwards one d going out say if they were doing a three on three tournament so that that was kind of like my thinking on it so i have matthews obviously huberto obvious dan coast marchand those are all the same as yours. Barkov, same as yours. But instead of Nylander, I wanted to put Nylander, but mm-hmm. I, I already have two Toronto guys. And I think Dylan Larkin, who's actually on the team, deserves to go because he had a rough year last year just himself. He was named captain of Detroit last year. This year's had a really good year with, you know, Lucas Raymond, another great rookie. And then, you know, Todd, and not Todd, uh, what's his Tyler. name? Tyler Bertuzzi. Uh, Mr. Anti-Vax himself. Um, but he's had a really good bounce back year. He's at a point per game on a mediocre. I wouldn't say they're awful this year. They're better than last year, yeah. but an okay to meh Detroit team. But he's been, like, really good. Like, he scored some nice goals, some OT winners. So, I think he deserves it. Like, even Bathurst like, the Atlantic's tough because of the stipulation I did. I did 3D. So, I have Ekblad and Hedman like you do. And I'm going to throw in another Detroit rookie in Moritz Sider because he's currently third in the rookie points as a defenseman he's got 25 or 26 points and Mm -hmm. he's their number one defenseman already and he's a main reason why they've kind of been a lot better than last year obviously what they got Djokovic you have a lot more depth than last year and he's been really impressive to me I have him on my fantasy team so I might be a little biased but like in terms of like a surprise pick, I'd probably put him because he kind of deserves, if they did like an all-rookie team, he would be there. So I would, I put Sider there, a little bit biased, but then I have Campbell and Vasilevsky. So those have been the two best goalies in the Atlantic this year yep. in a very tough, tough division. Yeah, for sure. You could give the nod to Sergei Bobrovsky as well, but I think these two goalies really stand out mm-hmm. for each of their teams. And year after year, Andre Vasilevsky yeah. continues to be that guy for the – uh, the Vesna, but those are our two teams. We'll go to the central and their team that they're bringing is Kyle Connor, Alex Dabrinkat, Nazem Kadri, Kirill Kaprizov, 
Clayton Keller, Jordan Cairo, Nathan McKinnon, Joe Pavelski, then one defenseman, Kale McCarr, because that's all you need. You just need Kale McCarr. Even, and I'm, this is surprising, but this is the first all-star game. Crazy. Uh, UC Saros and Cam Talbot are the goalies. Um, this was the hardest forwards-wise for me and personally. Yeah, same. Um, I went with Kyle Connor, Alex Dabrinkett, Nazem Kadri, Kirill Kaprizov, Jordan Cairo, Nathan McKinnon. All those guys made the team. And then I added a defenseman to help Kilmakar, even though he rarely needs help, but Kilmakar is going. Roman Yossi deserves to be at this All-Star game. If someone is at the end of the year in the conversation for any award and they're not on the All-Star team, how does that make sense? So Roman Yossi deserves to be there. And then the two goalies, UC Saros, Cam Talbot, like they're bringing, are the two goalies that I brought. But um, who did you pick? I know you went with the 3D. That was kind of tough for you in this division, but who, or who did you go with? Yeah, very tough. This is where the stipulation kind of <laughs> screwed me a little bit. So I have Kyle Connor to bring at Nazem Kadri Kaprizov. I still stuck with Pavelski over Kyrou. That was li- literally a coin flip. Like Kyrou deserves to go, but what Pavelski, kind of like Ovi, what he's doing at 37 on like an okay to like a mediocre Dallas team, I'm pretty sure he's leading them in points and he's 37. And you have guys like Sagan and Ben who have been like bums all year. Obviously, they have Jason Robertson there who's really emerged and then Rupe Hintz. But he's like – the points that he puts up, like he had like five points in one game like last week or two weeks ago. So like that, I'm like, okay, like at his age, he could easily still play another couple of years. Like he might not get another chance at being an all-star game. Kairos are an emerging star. So that was kind of like my rationale there. And then I have McKinnon because he's a captain of the team, even though – I would have rather put Ranton in there because he has more points, but McKinnon has more point, better points per game. So yeah, yeah. it's like it's, it's a write-off. Then I obviously have Makar. I have Yossi just like you. Yossi deserves to go there. He has almost as many points as Hedman and Makar, and he's not even going. <laughs> so that that's a travesty. Then I have – and since I had to do 3D, I'm going to pick my fourth Colorado player in Devon Taves, who's leading the league in plus-minus, has I think over a point per game. And has missed like 10 games with injury and COVID and whatever. So he has to be there. And then I have Saros and Talbot as the goalies. Yeah, I was, I was really pushing for Miko Ranton to go to this. It was between him or Dabrinkit. But ultimately, the reason I put Dabrinkit is the guy has like 26 or 25 goals, which is close to the league lead in scoring. And you know, Colorado can't have five guys at the all-star team. Like, that's just like a Globetrotters team right there. But yeah. Mika Rantanen also deserves to go. There's no question about it. Just can't make the team for some reason this year. We'll go to the Pacific. The boringest team to go, um, Leon Dreisaitl, Jordan Eberle, Johnny Goudreau, Adrian Kempf, Connor McDavid, Timo Meyer, Mark Stone, Troy Terry, 1D Alex Petrangelo, John Gibson, and Thatcher Demko. That's the team that's going. Um, my team is Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid, Timo Meyer, Johnny Goudreau, Troy Terry, JT Miller, Jared McCann, and Mark Stone. My D is Alex Petrangelo. Just went with one. They don't have any other D that really, really, really deserve it. And then John Gibson and Thatcher Demko are my goalies. So, yeah. So, like, this one was, like, the toughest to do in terms of, like, it's for me. It was a free-for-all, though. Like It was a free-for-all. There's five guys that are locks to go, and then the rest are kind of, like, whatever. Yeah. So, that Dry Saddle, McDavid, Meyer, Goudreau, JT Miller. So, I think those should have been locks to go 
even though the NHL didn't pick JT Miller, he's been the best player in Vancouver this year. Uh, then I have Anze Kopitar. This was like a tough one to pick because I didn't know really because Mark Stone didn't deserve it. Yeah. So I kind of I had him originally and I took him out. And then I have Petrangelo. And then for the D, I have Eric Carlson because he's had a pretty good bounce back year. So is San Jose. Um, so I have, I have him going. And then Quinn Hughes I have as the third defenseman. Again, Vancouver has been a lot better recently, but I don't like the fact that I have three Vancouver Canucks players going to bounce their game. Yeah, that's killing. <laughs> and they're like barely in the playoffs. And then yeah. I have John Gibson and Demko as the goalie. Yeah, no, I, it was, it was, it was like this was a free for all. Anyone could have won from the division because ultimately they don't have the best players in the world in that division besides Connor McDavid, Leon Dressel, and other handful of players. But reason I went with Jeremy McCann just market a Seattle guy. It's their first year in the league. Just do it. And then the next year, just don't bring one because they're not going to be good anymore. So do it for the first year. And Jerry McCann over Jordan Eberle for certain reasons, scores goals, flashy. I know Jordan Eberle is up there in age, but he's still good as well. But Jerry McCann, just a younger guy, has like under a point per game on a really bad team. So that's why I decided to bring him. But solid teams. Um, You know, I don't know if like – I don't know what the NHL does in the future. I think they're just going to stick with the actual formula they actually do, which is represent uh, every team in the NHL, which the NBA doesn't give a flying shit about because, dude, they bring in G League guys through their dunk contest. Why doesn't the NHL bring certain players for the competition and certain players for the game? Yeah, they, they had this conversation on, like, on sports radio too. They're like, why don't you just have, say, like, for example, the breakaway challenge, have, like, Kane, Zgris and like the guys who like maybe haven't been amazing to actually make the team but be there because they're yeah. stars like mm-hmm. why are you admitting like guys like like Roman Yossi like put an event on the skills comp and then have Yossi do that at least he's there and you recognize that he should be there like that's yeah. the part that I don't like like I think they should have maybe a skill specific and then like for example say like the most accurate shot you have like Matthews and then three guys who actually didn't make the team or like McDavid so like the captain of each team would be in like with the event and then you would have three or four other guys who didn't make the actual team but are at the skills comp yeah no I definitely agree it's more exciting uh you and they should also pick players that have a certain skill so pick someone that's fast pick someone that can shoot pick someone that has good skills pick someone who's good in the shootout like just stuff like that like I know Tom on their podcast, he mentioned that, like, Ilya Makea for fastest skater. Like, it's not the stupidest thing because he's actually fast. And the reigning champion, Matt Barzell, is not going to the All-Star game. And he won against Connor McDavid. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, like I, I just don't get it. Even though Matt Barzell doesn't deserve to go, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying he does. But, you know, he's the reigning champion. He should be able to fight for that championship. But, obviously, NHL yeah. doesn't really care. Like, NHL just added the shootout fun thing again for the first time in like five years like th- th- that's where that priority is at like about time yeah okay so we'll go into the award segment we'll wrap this episode up uh hard hat we haven't recorded a month i picked this player uh for the last month of play i guess jonathan huberto he leads the nhl in points since our last recording 20 points and i believe 10 or 9 games um definitely definitely in the heart conversation at the end of the year whether he continues to streak or Florida kind of mends together and just plays as a team and he doesn't get as much points or recognition, that's fine. But Jonathan Huberto continues to be that engine for the Florida Panthers. So he's my hard hat award. 
Yeah, that's a really good pick. I just went with the guy most recent, so we kind of talked about him already quite a bit, and that's Timo Meyer. So obviously the five goals of one game's huge, but it's like it's more so the fact that he's been like on fire the last like two weeks in general, and like the Sharks have been winning games and like being competitive, and he's kind of re reestablished himself as one of the top players in the division, and that's why obviously he deserves to go to the All Star game this year. So I'm going to pick Timo Meyer just more on more recently than what you did for yours. So it's the last podcast recording. Yep. Definitely. Definitely. Timo Meyer is, he's been hot recently and hopefully continues that for the San Jose Sharks. Now the not so good news. We have a theme going on for the golden plunger. So flush it before we say our teams. We picked two teams last time. They were in the same division. Now these two teams are in the same division let's talk about the pacific division who is they're not doing well right now that division um but ultimately we both pick teams i picked the vegas golden knights who have one win and their last five games played a atrocious loss versus the pittsburgh penguins i i want to believe they were up three nothing in that game uh it might have been in the first or might have been the second they were um, but you like the Leafs, like you can't just blow three to nothing leads all the time. And Vegas is one of those teams. They don't really do that. And for the first time in a while, they've had like a really, really rough stretch. And now that Mark Stone, their captain, is in COVID protocol, and the news of Eichel not being back for two months, it seems like, even though he looks to be fine, but doesn't seem fine or something, uh, Vegas could you know, be one of those teams to kind of go under the radar right now. Like they're one win in the last five games. I know Robin Leonard hasn't been his best this year, but they need some goal scoring. They need some defending because Alex Petrangelo cannot do it all. Uh, he's been playing a ton of minutes for that team. And I guess, I guess tiredness, COVID, whatever you want to say, they're hosting an all-star game soon. So this is not the way they want to go into the all-star break like this. But hopefully after it, they kind of continue and, you know, be that Vegas team we all thought they were. But your team is just news-driven right now. Oh, yeah. I just want to make one point on on, the, your, on Vegas, though. Like, you're talking about, like, Petrangelo playing all these minutes. What happened to Shea Theodore? Remember, before Petrangelo got there, the guy was, like, going to make Team Canada. Like, it was nothing. Now, like, no one talks about him anymore. Yeah, I guess he's just playing underrated. Like, he's doing fine, I guess, points-wise, but he had COVID, got injured. Like, all their players got COVID and injured. It's ridiculous yeah. this year. But, yeah, I know. I see what you mean, though. Division. That's, yeah, that's crazy. So, that, I just wanted to make that point. Like, it was just like, he's kind of like, ever since Petrangelo's got there, it's like everyone forgot about Theodore, and he's kind of been, like, okay-ish, I would say, compared mm -hmm. to the last few years. Okay, so going back to my pick, another Pacific team, and they've been, flat out awful like it, there's no there's no jumping around it it's that they've been pissy they've been pissy they've been pissing themselves recently <laughs> if you really want to know what's happening over there they've lost six straight they are two six and two in their last 10 um they those two wins are basically with all the covid shutdowns this is basically two wins in the last month essentially because of all the breaks so it feels like when they lose a game, it's like an eternity before they yes. play again. Yeah. And they have the two best players in the league, mm -hmm. or at least one of them, the best player in the league. And uh, they are awful because when they're not on the ice, they get embarrassed. And even when they're on the ice, they're not winning, especially the game versus Ottawa last Saturday. Yes. They had multiple multi-goal leads and lost like 6-4 or something mm -hmm. to Ottawa. So like, 
I don't understand what's wrong. They, if they fire a coach again, we already no. talked about this in our group chats. They've gone through like a million coaches in the last 10 years or whatever it is. Uh, all the moves that Ken Holland made in the offseason have been terrible. All the defensemen they signed and the, like Hyman slowed down, which was expected. Um, they have a relying on a 40-year-old goalie to basically save the day who can't stay healthy anymore. They are such a mess, and the yeah. panic button should have been hit like three, four weeks ago, and they're still bad. Yeah, like, like I want to say teams go into the stretch where, like you said, losses last forever. It seems like you've been losing for months and weeks, and that has to do with the shutdown as well. But like with the Leafs too, they're not playing well, but they're getting points. If that makes sense, like they're playing enough that they can get points in games. The Edmonton Oilers are not doing that right now. Like they can't buy a point and you know when usually you look on the apps and you see goal score by Edmonton Oilers you're like oh it's McDavid or it's like, no it hasn't been recently like it honestly no. I, hasn't been McDavid Dreisaitl has been Eugene Hopkins I know was injured and like you said Zach Hyman has been tailing off uh recently but it's just this thing where I want to say it's a slump but slumps don't last like eight games and they don't tail off to the media and they don't tail off to off-ice stuff and they don't tail off to a GM meeting or press conference in the middle of the year. Like, I think it's more than that. And like you said, Joe, like all the acquisitions and GM things he Ken Holland's done, like usually when a team signs, like you predict like, okay, this contract's going to be bad. Usually some of them work out. Nothing, nothing, nothing has worked out for that team. Like Hyman a bit, but he's his last stretch of games have been awful. Yeah, I completely agree. So I don't know what they do at the deadline. I don't think it's actually, you know, I don't know what even, I don't even know how to word it. Like, would you, you have to buy, like you have to buy. I don't know if it's getting a goalie for a, a, a ignorant price. Like they, they're going to pay, like we're seeing people uh, like do mock trade and stuff. I've seen Jonas Corposalo in there, but how much are they going to give for him? That's the thing. Like, I don't know. Yeah, like I think you have to – if you have those two guys on your team with term, you have to start – you have to just go for it because if, say, if they miss the playoffs this year, both of them, I, I would ask for a trade-out because that would be like three years in a row, if not four, where they're like, yeah, so the best players in the league, but then they they either shit themselves in the first round or don't even make it like in the bubble when they lost to Chicago. Right, yep. And they got all played by like – I don't even know who their goalie was. Was it Crawford still? It was Crawford. <laughs> Crawford on his last legs out, uh, outplayed them. So, like, I don't know. Like, I think you have to go for it. I don't know how much, like you said. Like, apparently, like, Jake Allen is rumored to go there. Allen has another year left on his deal. So, if they were to get him, it would probably be a pretty good price because he's still locked up at a good price for next year, too. Mm-hmm. And Allen's a solid goalie. I don't, he's not like a superstar by any means. He's like a serviceable starting goalie. If your defense isn't like the AHL rocket, like Montreal's has been this year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens at Edmonton. Yeah, though, they're going to be in the news until the trade deadline. We'll see what happens. But what you say, Jason, you're back. What you say? And you have a, Matt, like maybe the biggest soundbite of the year. <laughs> um, so this is the funniest quote from the last week of whatever you want to call it, week, month, coach, player, media. Like this is the quote of the year right now. Um, 
Leon Dreisaitl got into a verbal altercation. I don't even know if he got it. I think it was Jim Matheson, the reportedly Hockey Hall of Famer reporter, Jim Matheson of the Edmonton Oilers, got into it with Leon Dreisaitl. So we'll play the clip for you, and then we'll obviously dissect it after. Why are you so pissy, Leon? Hmm? Why are you so pissy? I'm not. I'm just I, answering your question. Yeah, you are. Whenever I ask you a question. I gave you an answer. Not very good one. Okay. I have one more for you. Leon, you show your frustration on the ice last game against Ottawa. Is that a good thing when you show it so the other team knows you're frustrated? Yeah, it's a great thing, for sure. Good. Yeah, when someone tweeted that this guy was in the Hall of Fame for doing what it was called reporting, uh, I was pretty surprised about that, considering how he acted towards an NHL player. That was like outrageous. Like the fact that like okay, obviously the the players are pissed. Drysdale's pissed. He gave a he didn't give a great answer, but it's like why are you so pissy? Uh huh. <laughs> like he was like caught off guard, as, as anyone would be. Like you're you're basically like egging on the second best player on the team, who's clearly not the problem of why they're losing games. And if, if he wasn't there, there'd be, like, where Montreal is, to mm-hmm. be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. And, like, you're egging him on and, like, trying to get a, a, a him to, like, explode on you. For what reason? Like, this is why, like, guys in Edmonton, like, they don't attract many top, top free agents. It's because, like, the media there is, like, it's kind of like the opposite of, like, Toronto. Where, like, Toronto, a lot of the judging is on, like, management and, like, coaching. For the most part, obviously, some like the Montreal series, the players are blamed for the Montreal series. But like, I'm saying, like in general, like I feel like that the media in Edmonton and like Calgary, like even Russo could speak to this. That guy that always goes after Goudreau, Eric Francis, the best player yeah. on the team, and yeah, like I feel like the media there attacks the players, but then praises management when it should be the <laughs> other way around. You know what I? You know what I mean? No, I know what you mean. Yeah, I've seen it on Twitter. Like people, like it's like. If Jim Matheson interviewed Ken Holland, he'd be fired on the spot, like by yeah. Ken Holland. Like Ken Holland would just kick him out, and like he would get fired ultimately. Yeah, but that's not the case with the players, and you know, obviously, that's something we all want to see. We want to see like a bit of a stir. We want to see a bit of a riff between players and like sound bites. Like we all love sound bites. Don't get me wrong. Like we all love sound bites, whether it's good or bad, but. It's just something in Edmonton right now that's not good. The bug there right now is not good. So they need to do something about it. They need to start winning. That's what the first cure to that problem is. But all-time clip by Leon Dreisaitl and Jim Matheson. Hopefully we see some encounters in the future uh, in Edmonton there. But that's been what you say with Jason Derulo. Thank you very much. We'll head over to the Battle of the Buds. So I completely forgot my record, but we have it on record. So... I am 10 and 8. You are 16 and 2. A phenomenal season from you. And our picks this upcoming week I have the Rangers at Hurricanes January 21st, Stars at Red Wings January 21st, even though the Stars are really pissing me off right now. And then the Kings at Devils January 23rd. Dude, the Stars are losing to Buffalo right now. Like, right now, they just started. Yep. Troll. Ever since I traded you, then they've been awful. Yeah. But yeah, those happened. are my picks. Um, so those are solid picks. Obviously, you want you have you have a couple of sneaky ones in there. 
I wouldn't say there's too many slam dunks in there. You're trying to do my strategy. Yeah, I gotta stop doing that. It's not working. <laughs> so I'm gonna. I I this one's kind of a slam dunk, but not really. So I have the Penguins at the Blue Jackets, uh, January 21st. This one's like a 50-50, depending on which Detroit team shows up. So I have Detroit at Nashville. I have the Predators winning at home on January 22nd, and then I have the Blues at Flames January 24th. I have the Blues winning that game on the road. So we have the Red Wings losing back-to-back games this weekend versus the Stars and Predators, <laughs> which probably won't happen because the Stars will lose. Jake Ottinger will have like an 8-8-2 save percentage and then lose. But uh, that's been Battle of the Buds. Hopefully I could catch up on that. I don't know if you do have a spicy meatball or a hot take for the rest of the year or, you know, soon, but let us know. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to cool it this week. I need to, I need another week to kind of gain my, uh, my hot take spiciness, kind of evaluate the landscape of end to end. And, and uh, then I'll make a prediction because we kind of already went, like we already had a few ones that hit already, like the Olympics one, the dry sidle one. I mean, sorry, the dry Eichel one. So I need a, I need some time to think of a spicy one for next week. Got it. Okay, we'll wait. Well, if we record next week, that's the only question. Like, is it going to last a week or two weeks? We'll see what. Um, I think that's it for Intend. And the All-Star game is in a week. Is it in a week or is it in a week and a half or two weeks? I don't know how long it is away, but we'll post a graphic out on our Instagram. Like two weeks. Yeah, we'll post, yeah a graf- we'll post out a graphic for the redraft and actual draft on our Instagram, so go check that out. Or just go listen to the episode where we actually talk about it. Um, that's it for this one. End to end, we'll hopefully be back. Next week. Join us then. Woo!